0: What's going on, everybody? My name is Seth Askelson. We appreciate you joining us for Thursday's edition of Locked on Coyotes. As uh, we continue on the week, it's Coyotes game day, and we're glad to bring in Andrew Bell of Sports360 AZ. Once again, he was on the pod earlier this week. He's back, and we're going to preview the Vegas game. Andrew, how are you today?
1: I'm doing well. I think it's going to be an interesting Vegas game tonight. A couple headlines that have kind of shifted over the course of the week. I know you mentioned it just the other day, Seth, but... Uh, we talked about Barrett Hayton a little bit and when would he be in the lineup with some a uh, couple guy with Lawson Krause kind of stepping out uh, and then Christian Fisher we don't don't really know his status yet but uh, it sounded like he took a puck up high yesterday in practice so it looks like it's going to open up a spot for Barrett Hayton this evening so it should be a good one tonight with him in the lineup making uh, his debut or probably not his debut but just an appearance in the lineup tonight and yeah, it should be interesting to see him on the ice. Then on top of that, we talked about Marc-Andre Fleury the other day with Vegas, and he will not be in the lineup tonight. They're going to send out Malcolm Subban. They have a back-to-back coming up with Calgary on Saturday, the Kings on Sunday, and Marc-Andre Fleury was definitely, I'd say, a little bit worn out towards the end of last year. Played a lot of minutes, and so I think they're trying to reduce his wear and tear this season, especially as more of a veteran goaltender, so he's going to be in net for the night, so we'll get to all of that, but yeah, I think it's going to be a, a fun game tonight. Obviously a rivalry game here in the southwest and kind of the desert area and you know it should be a good atmosphere down at Gila River Arena as you said
0: a good rivalry Uh, a team the Coyotes have yet to beat at Gila River Arena but all three of their wins against the Knights have come at T-Mobile so kind of a weird weird series in the sense that a home team can't buy a win Um, and the series is uh, tied at 3-3-3 so the deadlock game coming up tonight we'll see if the Coyotes can pick up their first win I think we're going to talk about the, the biggest headline first. I know we I've beaten this into the ground um, for this this podcast. I think part of it is working with uh, Scott Strand from Ice Time Hockey Southwest, um, kind of covering the Barrett-Hayton angle for him. And, yeah, Hayton in. Christian Fisher took a puck to the face yesterday in practice. Uh, that was first reported by Craig Morgan. Um, I haven't seen any reports saying that Fisher is, or Hayton is in because of a Fisher injury. I don't think, you know, in in news you're not supposed to assume, right? So we won't do any of that. But if you were to take a guess, it probably would be at least somewhat related to that. Maybe it is Rick Tockett trying to change the lineup up, a team that's only scored one goal in two games. I thought Hayden looked really good in preseason, especially in that Vancouver game where he scored a goal. And I know a lot of people say, oh, it's just preseason. But uh, that was the point of the preseason where a lot of the cuts were already made. It was pretty much uh, NHL lineups, you know, seeing – the last two or three cuts obviously from each team but it's pretty much who you were going to play with what roster you were going to throw out there mostly on a nightly basis so um, i think hayton impressed and he impressed when he was playing against some bigger talent andrew what are you hoping to see out of hayton tonight
1: i think if you're a coyote fan and you're looking at him and kind of trying to make a first impression of him i think the number one thing you want to do is try not do too much in your opening game. You're playing against a really good opponent. He's kind of not getting eased in there tonight. You're playing the best of the best. The Vegas Golden Knights coming into town. Uh, Really lethal opponent. But I think just doing the little things correctly. uh, Trying not to to be something that you're not. I don't think you want to, you know, like I said, try to do too much and your first game kind of just let the game come to you it's the same game of hockey that you played your whole life the only difference is it's going to be a lot faster tonight uh with the knights coming at him so i think you know what i saw from him in the preseason like you said he looked really good i mentioned how he's really strong in the puck he doesn't really get knocked off the puck a lot and I think that's going to be a key trying to work in with his line mates we'll see who he's slotted with tonight but i think he's going to rely on his line mates a little bit and like i said having a head on a swivel playing a good two-way game i think is going to be important for him uh, getting back to the defensive zone making sure you're not turning the puck over in the right areas just those little things of course everybody wants to score a goal and register a point in their first game obviously they'd be lying if they said otherwise but i think you know those little things first and foremost get those first couple shifts under you and then let everything else play out as the game goes on i think we're going to see him get more comfortable as the evening wears on Uh, i imagine every time he touches the puck coyotes fans will be looking for him to do something like i said kind of settle in with those first couple shifts uh, play solid defensive hockey just be in the right positions out on the ice it's much easier said than done against a team like vegas but i think if he does all those things uh, everything else will come naturally so it's first game of the year for him into the lineup and you want to make an impact right away, you want to um, leave a lasting impression with your head coach, especially as a young player. But I think if he does those little things, everything else will come with it. Yeah, and uh, taking a look at his
0: video from earlier today, he got a chance to meet up with the media. Big smile on his face. He knew what the meeting was about. He knew that cameras were on and everybody had the microphones out getting ready to ask questions, and he just had a big smile across his face. So he's excited, which is a good thing, right? I mean, I don't know of any NHL player that isn't excited to play in their first game, but you can tell. He's really passionate about the game. He really wants to get in there and and prove that he belongs in this lineup. And what better way to go in and and jumpstart the offense? Now, it'll be interesting to see where he will play um, as the center depth for the Coyotes is a lot bigger than we have seen in the past. It's been one of those where uh, the Coyotes were looking for that first-line center, and it seems like they have, like, three of them now, so... Um, For you, do you think that he should play in the middle, maybe move somebody over, maybe make Brad Richardson play the wing at some point? Um, Do you see maybe a move for Dvorak? I don't know if I see Stepan or Soderbergh getting shifted over, but uh, where do you think he's going to fit in best?
1: I think... With, I think the best move would probably be to have Brad Richardson slide over and he moves into center there. And the reason I say that, and this is no disrespect of Brad Richardson, but he's kind of not one of those guys who you invested a ton in. Barrett-Hayton's one of your top picks. You want him to be most comfortable. You know that he's a big part of the future in some way, shape, or form. So I think that would make the most sense. With that being said, I think they might put him on the wing um, just for the first couple of games. Maybe they'll talk with him. Barrett-Hayton's going to be happy going into the lineup wherever he's put at, whether that center or at wing. But like I said, I think that would be the most um, apparent choice uh, that would come to come forward. And We talked about it the other day, but just kind of the center overload on this team. There's a lot of centers, a lot of guys um, who play that position, and not as many wings. So like I said, I think the most obvious choice um, would be kind of slot Richardson over and put Hayton in the middle. But you never know. They could see something and hear something that we're not see something uh, during practice during the day and maybe put him somewhere else. But like I said, I think that would be the best choice uh, in the near future.
0: Yeah, and I think it's one of those where, like you said, you want him to get comfortable, but you also want him to really be able to play with some skilled players. And um, as the lines have kind of shaken out right now, Um, You see a lot of, uh, with Richardson's line, it's Grabner, Richardson, Henestrosa. Do you bump Stroza down to play with Soderbergh on that fourth line, along with Kraus and or Fisher, whoever is going to be the one that's out? Um, Right now, if you look at uh, Daily Faceoff, who has been pretty good when it comes to line combinations, kind of having the right ones. Obviously, this announcement was made today, so they had kind of made a prediction on where Hayton would slide in. They actually have him on the second line with Dvorak and Schmaltz. I think that might be the best fit right there. I know you want him to play center, but uh, but I think another uh, another tough issue with Hayden, or, and especially with that line in particular, that's three centers on one line. So, again, it speaks to your center depth, and it doesn't hurt you down the middle anywhere else, but you got two guys playing on wings that they're not, I wouldn't say not used to. Hayton, definitely not used to it. Schmaltz had played the wing a little bit last year, um, especially on the power play, and he's played the wing to start the year. But that second line, a little interesting, maybe two guys out of position. We'll see what the comfort level is for that. So, um, that puck drop is uh, coming up just in a couple hours um, at the time of this recording. And if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, you wanna make it your way out and see Barrett Hayden make his Coyotes and NHL debut, what better way to pick up tickets than Vivid Seats. Now, Vivid Seats is a, a great site where you can uh, find tickets and it's not just for the coyotes if you want to head to a concert sun season is starting cardinals have their big matchup with the falcons this weekend you want to get any of those tickets all good you can go through vivid seats and we know there's coyotes fans around uh, the u.s canada the globe vivid seats can find all the artists all the teams that you want to see too you want to see the coyotes on the road as they head to colorado on saturday vivid seats is the best way to go Uh, vivid seats they help fans find their seats to any of their favorite live events again just not sports it's concerts, it's theater. I'm a big theater guy, I like Hamilton. I was pretty disappointed that I couldn't get a chance to see them when they came to Arizona. Vivid Seats probably would've been able to help me with that. So, um, Vivid Seats, all you gotta do is go to the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and download the Visit Vivid Seats apps. When you do that, automatically enroll in the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program and enjoy credits on all their purchases as a part of Vivid Seats Rewards. And the best thing, we will be postseason. We're heading into the Championship Series. Right now, you can enter the promo code POSTSEASON at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Get a chance to see the Nats and the Cardinals, maybe had to an ALCS game, we'll see. So once again, Vivid Seats, your best option to seeing your favorite teams, concerts, and performers live. And now the Coyotes. As we had mentioned a little bit earlier, no Marc-Andre Fleury tonight, it's going to be Malcolm Subban and for the Coyotes, maybe uh, a little bit of a break for them. Mark andre uh 34 years old, be turning 35 November 28th. So um, about a month and a half here, he's going to be 35-year-old, still at the top of his game, though. Um, last season, posted great numbers, 251 and 913, uh, goals against average save percentage, in 61 games. A man who's 34 years old playing 61 games at a high level, don't really see that a lot. So, in comes Malcolm Subban, who did not have the greatest of years last year. A guy who uh, pretty high draft pick by the Boston Bruins, twenty fourth overall in two thousand and twelve. The guy that the Bruins let go in the expansion draft uh, three years ago, and in his first season, Subban not terrible by any stretch. Uh, two sixty eight goals against average, nine ten save percentage. He played twenty two games, had to play. A lot early because of the injury to Marc-Andre Fleury. If everybody remembers in Vegas' first year. They had, I think, six different starting goaltenders before the turn of the calendar year. Uh, but he was one of those goaltenders that ended up getting hurt. But last year, uh, played 21 games. Probably the reason Marc-Andre Fleury played so much last year. 293 goals against average, 902 save percentage. He was not having a good year, and this will be his first of the season this year. So. For the Coyotes, they faced a backup goaltender their last time out in Yaroslav Halak. Now, Halak was not a normal backup goaltender. He had a fantastic year last year as well in Boston, and he had the shutout. He looked really good. But for the Coyotes, what do you expect out of them? Is this a, a goaltender that they need to jump on early? Is this a guy that they're going to jump on early,
1: or are we going to see the same struggles that we've seen from last year in the first two games this year? I think if you're the Coyotes, you got to be chomping at the bit. I mean, you're going into a game where Marc-Andre Fleury's is one of the best goaltenders in hockey the last couple of years, and you mentioned that wearing chair that he took last year. Malcolm Subban stepping up behind him uh, kind of didn't step up to the challenge of you know backing up a premier goaltender like that, I think. Um, you know he did. Like I said, he didn't have his best season. And for the Coyotes, you got to be chomping at the bit going into this hockey game, knowing that you don't have to face a guy of Mark Andre Fleury's calendar. With that being said, it's not like you can just take the night off and decide to, anything. We shoot from any angle is going to go, and you still got to do things the right way. You got to generate a forecheck, get cycles down low, get guys going to the net, do all those things that will get you goals in the NHL. But it's a good opportunity for them, especially for a team that has been so uh, has the offense has been absent and so you know you're chomping at the bit in this game and like i said just because you see a backup goaltender going in there doesn't mean that you can just take a night off uh, and kind of just shoot from wherever still got to do all things the right way and i think it should be interesting to see how malcolm suban plays going in this big game i'm sure he knows better than anyone and i'm sure he'd tell you even from last year that it wasn't his best season he can be a lot better and i'm sure he's trying to bounce back from that so it's going to be interesting on both sides of things. See, Malcolm Subban, the beginning of his career with the Knights, really was a fan favorite. I mean, fans loved him. He played really well before he got injured and was playing really good hockey. But these last couple of years have been kind of a challenge for him, and um, or at least last season, that is. And so, uh, you know, he wants to prove himself. The Coyotes are thinking that we're going up against a goaltender who... As not of Marc-Andre Fleury's caliber, and that's no disrespect to Malcolm Subban, but it should be interesting—an uh, interesting dynamic going the game. I think testing him early is going to be big. You want to get a good jump from the get-go, and uh, you know, just get guys going the net, make things chaotic in front of them, and like I said, just get some pucks at him early, even if they are not from great angles or um, you know, from odd areas. You know, just get pucks at him and see what he's made of off the start, um, especially coming off a season like he had last year, but. Like I said, should be an interesting one tonight, and see what both teams have in store. And
0: the Coyotes have done a lot of feeding the puck towards the net. Thirty-three shots in the opener, thirty-five in the home opener. So they're they're getting their opportunities, and they're not just weird shots from crazy angles. A lot of good traffic in front, good opportunities. Step on ring, one off the post um, in that opener. I mean, they're getting the opportunities. Phil Kessel in that game against the Bruins. I mean, had an sh- opportunity right in the middle of the slot, and Halak just gloved it. To, so haven't had the best of luck but going against a goaltender that is looking for a bounce back season but i think that's dangerous as well a guy who knows he needs to prove himself uh, especially as a backup goaltender in the nhl if you put together not even two consecutive you put together one and a half consecutive just rocky seasons that could be it you could be sent back to the american league he could be shipped to chicago so we'll see in a wolves team that made the playoffs last year and went all the way to the colder cup final so you know there's talent down there chomping at the bit to come up so for Subban for I think I wouldn't say it's a make or break year for his career but in order to stay up he really needs to prove himself so dangerous situation all around if you're Subban you're playing a team that in the past has guys that in the past have had big offensive years and if you're the Coyotes you're playing a goaltender looking to prove himself and prove that he can stay in the NHL so interesting uh Interesting dynamic there. What do you think the Coyotes, I mean, you, you said it already, but it, what do they need to do to find that offense? I think it's they just need to get one in the back of the net. They need to see it go in. They need to hear the sirens and all the noise go off, and then things are going to be off and running for them. But is there anything else that you can see that they need to change or are they doing all the right things
1: I think they're doing all the right things I talked about it the other day but just that net front presence not just being in front of the net but being in the vision of the goaltender that's the biggest thing in the NHL if the goalie can see it at this level we can stop it at least for the most part Uh, at least that's what the good ones do so I think you know that net front presence is big And get an ugly one, really. I mean, it doesn't have to be a pretty. It doesn't have to be a beautiful one-timer from Clayton Keller to Phil Kessel, you know, across the seam, It's got to be an ugly goal. You know, you have guys go on the net. You mentioned that net front presence, but puck drops around, it gets kicked around a few times, you get a bounce and all of a sudden it's in the back of the net. The momentum is on your side of the bench. All of a sudden you get that goal score and touch back and things are rolling. So that kind of adds to your point, Seth. But the net front presence is going to be really big. And then you're going up against Malcolm Suvan who's like we said, a, a different goaltender from Marc-Andre Fleury Challenge. him, like I said, earlier. Really uh, try to get as many pucks to the net as you can, and just get that first step over Vegas tonight. Because if the Knights get going, we've seen that offense the way they can cycle down low, some of the weapons they have, the way Pat picked up his game, along with Stone coming in from last year, and you know they've been lethal. Jonathan so you got William Carlson in there, Riley Smith, a lot of playmakers. You want to be able to, you know, kind of take the first, not take the first punch, but make the first punch for the Coyotes, um, and establish that dominance assert yourself on your home eyes and you mentioned the struggles at Gila River Arena this rivalry is really an interesting one because I think everyone kind of thinks back thinks of the, when they think of the Coyotes Knights rivalry they think of that first game the first game in Vegas um, where it was obviously a very emotional night for you know Vegas their fans kind of what had gone on during the city um, and they come out and you know they dropped the hammer on the coyote i think everyone kind of looks back at that game but like you said if you look at the rivalry as a whole three three and three and the coyotes have played well uh T Mobile arena the knights have come into heel river and they've taken care of business so it's kind of no home ice advantage in this series um and it's just gonna amplify night and maybe for the coyotes you, reiter- you reiterate that in the room i uh, say you know we haven't taken care of business and against these guys on our home ice, and that's not acceptable. And especially when you're trying to be really good at home, which is the best teams usually are really good at home ice, on home ice, and even better on the road. So, um, you know, I, like I said, that has to be a point of emphasis along with the course of course the net front presence, and then just trying to get an ugly one. Like I said, it doesn't have to be a perfect pass, it doesn't have to be a perfect setup. Um, just get an ugly goal, get guys at the front of the net, and everything else will work itself out. It's a long season, coaches always like to say those goals even out over the course of the season, I guess the guys in the dressing room, I don't think they feel that way as of right now. But like I guess that's a long season, and you just got to keep on emphasizing that the goals will even out if you keep on doing the right things, and um, they'll eventually come around. So I think that's a message going in tonight, and just trying to get guys going here uh, at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and for the Coyotes, a team that
0: has yet to win on home ice against the Knights, o two and three, so not not ideal. Though they have picked up three points. Um, playing a team that has a lot of offensive firepower. Mark Stone coming over in that trade from Ottawa last year. And he has six points already. Two goals, four assists. Played really well last year. I thought he was their best offensive player after he came over. Um, so Mark Stone, a guy you got to watch out for. I'm a little disappointed by Max Pacioretty. I thought this trade to Vegas was going to ignite his career. I don't think he's been bad by any stretch. But I also think a lot of people thought he was going to come over to Vegas a team that had won the Stanley Cup or that had, sorry, gone to the Stanley Cup final, and a guy who has a lot of high offensive upside would join that team and it would ignite his career. Again, I don't think he's in any danger of losing any roster spot or getting sent down to the American Hockey League, but I don't think he's been as good as people have expected. William Carlson, he's still pretty solid, and I want to touch on that for a moment. I feel bad for Sonny Milano because William Carlson was the guy that Columbus had given away so that the Knights wouldn't take Sonny Milano, and Sonny Milano really hasn't played in the NHL, so tough break for the Blue Jackets and Sonny Milano. And to that point, uh, listening to the 31 Thoughts podcast from Elliot Friedman, a great national sports writer, he writes for Sportsnet out, up in Canada, but covers all the NHL, and he said that he's really, he doesn't think that teams are gonna make the same deals they did when the Seattle expansion draft comes around because you're seeing a lot of those kinda come back and and bite some teams. But anyways, William Carlson thriving after being given away from Columbus. Uh, Obviously Marc-Andre Fleury. I think the defense, if you're gonna find one weak point, is the defense for the the Golden Knights. Uh, Nate Schmidt's hurt, he got hurt opening night. Um, But I also think for Vegas and, and for the Coyotes, yeah, Vegas has two game, two wins, and they looked unstoppable in those two wins. But they were playing a team that they hated. They played a team that they wanted to go out and beat badly. And when they played a team that maybe they didn't have the same emotion behind, they lost. So we'll see how the Knights bounce back. What are you expecting out of Vegas tonight?
1: I'm expecting what they do. They they don't really stray. That's what good teams do. They get to a really high level play, and then they stay consistent. I think the Knights have done a really good job of doing that the last two seasons, being a resilient group. And I think they're going to do what they try to do best. They're going to try to play their style of hockey, which is fast, um, they're gonna get up the ice quickly, try to make it a run and gun type of game. Talked about the coyotes defense the other day. I think they'll be up for the task, you know, with Golagowski, Jarmelson, Demers, veteran guys, they'll know what to expect going into it. But they're gonna try to put a lot of pressure on the coyotes. I think they're really good at Force it when they get a turnover, making you pay for it. And I think that's something that Coyotes got to watch out for. Got to be clean with the puck. You can't be turning pucks over at the wrong area. Turnover is one thing, but when it's at your own blue line in the neutral zone um, near the red line and it's going the other way and all of a sudden you got an odd man rush and you get caught up, that's when they can really hurt you. Those turnovers, they make them dynamite with them, they'll turn them into goals into the back of the net and talked about all the guys that you mentioned, the defense core. One guy I think really stands out in the defense corps, and who does a lot for him. He's played a lot of minutes over the last couple of seasons, too, but Shea Theodore on the back end, uh, pretty good story this offseason too. He's actually coming off, he had a little bit of a bout with cancer this offseason, uh, testicular cancer, and so it's great to see him back on the ice and playing at his full potential because he had a little bit of a scare this offseason, had a really good story in the Players Tribune about it, but he's back and you know, playing probably like a new sense of life, really mentioned it in his player's tribune story, but he's just glad to be back playing hockey in the first place. So like I guess it's great to see him back. Another guy who we didn't mention, uh, and who's really contributed into that style of play that the Knights have, um, which is controlling the puck, being really good on the forecheck, and then you know turning turnovers into goals, is Cody Glass, the rook. Uh, coming up this year obviously spent some time in Chicago with the AHL and he's looked really good had a goal in his first game against San Jose and he's fit right into their system and I think he's going to be another one of these guys who kind of just slides right in you mentioned Max Pacioretty not getting off to the start that he ideally wanted I think in Vegas and I think it was a little bit of getting adjusted last year but then there was times in the middle of the season where you have kind of that two three month adjustment periods and then didn't look like you know, the guy that the Knights had kind of picked up, and then you bring him Mark Stone, and everything changes. He gets red hot towards the end of last season, starting to play a lot better hockey, I think. Um, I think he's, you know, turning into the player that Vegas thought he would be a little bit this season, um, at least through, you know, you can only take so much from. The three games that the Knights have played, but I think he's starting to turn into the guy that they're hoping for, and they saw glimpses of that last year in the postseason. But Cody Glass, another guy who I think can make a big impact for this team at such a young age, he's fit in really well, and he's just added to that puzzle for Vegas. I think he's going to be another strong piece for them. So it's a tall task at hand for the Coyotes tonight. With that being said, I think the defense is there. I think the Coyotes have a good shot to win it, and it all depends on what style of game, how clean the Coyotes are going to play. Like I said turn the puck over you know you give Vegas those odd man rushes and that chance to kind of counterattack. they're going to bite you and they're going to put the puck in the back of the net but I think the defense will be up to the task I think the forwards are going to come back and that's one thing that I think um, you mentioned we've talked about it before kind of off the air but coyotes are really good defensive hockey not only on the defense core but they're forwards really solid defensively they eat a lot of pucks and I think that goes with kind of the ambiance with their head coach, I think Rick Tockett, that was the type of player that he was, kind of a hard-nosed, gritty type of player. He knows that, especially last season, there's more talent in place this year with the returns from injury, Phil Kessel, but last year... That's what it took to win it wasn't going to be a five goal game coyotes are going to have to win one two three goal hockey games and guys are going to have to sell out and do all those little things correctly i think that fits well into their dna now that they have all those pieces back i think it's going to help them tonight trying to play a solid defensive hockey game i think if this is a shootout coyotes are in for some trouble you know four or five goal game or it's back and forth up the ice with that being said i do think we're gonna see a ton of speed and skill tonight i mean both these teams can fly coyotes show that it's gonna be fun seeing you know, Clayton Keller and Jonathan March is so flying back and forth up the ice. But I think if the Coyotes are able to assert a little bit of their physical play with their defensemen, um, you know, bruise the Knights a little bit, and then you know, play solid defensive hockey, not turn the puck over, and make it a two-goal game, two, three-goal game, I think they have a good opportunity night, uh, along with, of course, Malcolm Subban playing in net. So it should be a good one, like I said, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, like I said, we're going to see a lot of speed and skill on the ice tonight.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a good one. The Coyotes looking for their first win of 2019-2020, and a team that under Rick Tockett has not gotten off to good starts the first two, year, two years, played a lot of catch-up, especially last year's what they were playing. And um, It's about finding that consistency. Hopefully they can, uh, if they're able to pick up that win tonight, maybe start to get on a run. A tough task in Colorado, but again, as uh, Rick Flair once said, to beat, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And that's what the Coyotes are doing. Maybe the two best teams in the Western Conference at the moment. So, uh, Andrew, appreciate you coming on. We're going to head out. We're going to head out to Gila River Arena, actually, and uh, catch the game. So, um, hope to see you guys out there. If not, tune in tomorrow. We'll have a recap of uh, the game, and we'll preview Saturday's game to wrap up the week. So,
1: Andrew, thanks again. Uh, if you want to follow Andrew on Twitter, where, they can, where can they find you at? Uh, it's at AndrewBell7 with a capital A, capital B. It's not as complicated as Seth's username, which I'm sure he's repeated here on the podcast. But, yeah, you know, he. I don't know what he was thinking when he was trying to create that username. Just what are you thinking there? Seth? Well,
0: it's a combo piece of my first initial and my last name, and that S Askelson saskelson96. That is at s-a-s-k-e-l-s-o-n-9-6 to follow the podcast at capital L-O underscore underscore capital C Coyotes. Once again, that's at L-O underscore Coyotes. So follow me, follow Andrew, follow the pod, follow everybody as we continue the great NHL season. We're only three games in and a lot more exciting action to go. So, Andrew, thanks again. Remember to stay locked on Coyotes. We'll talk to you tomorrow.